Welcome to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Badass Direct Sales Mastery is a podcast for rock star direct sales moms who are determined to make their business kick ass. Jenny will share her knowledge of effective sales and recruiting techniques, tips to get what you want from your business, and will interview direct sales professionals and leaders from various companies. The interviews will give insight to how these rock stars got to where they are and where they plan to grow in the future. And now, the direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Welcome back to another episode of Badass Direct Sales Mastery. I'm your host, your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger, helping you whip your business into shape. Today I have with me, and I am super excited, and I know I say that a lot, y'all, but seriously, I've been giddy all day waiting for this conversation because I have with me here Jacinda Bell. Now, Jacinda and I connected through Kathy Callahan, and if you've been listening to the show for any amount of time, you know how much Kathy and I love each other, and so if I have a referral from Kathy, I am bringing them on the show and super excited. So Jacinda and I have been chatting on Facebook and getting connected. And you guys are going to love what we're going to talk about today. So let me tell you about Jacinda. She's a 40-year-old wife, mom, GG, and business creator from upstate New York. She is a child abuse and domestic violence survivor who has reclaimed her life after 30 years of combined abuse. She wants other women to know that everything they need to build their confidence is within them already. Oh, that is so beautiful. I love that. And she can guide them in their journey to transform into something beautiful. Jacinda, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jenny. I'm so glad to be here. Has oh. been a long time waiting. I'm super excited. Oh my gosh. I am super excited too. So let's dig in. Tell us your story. How'd you get to where you are today? Well, because it's a long story, I'll do some bullet points. There we go. Good call. <laughs> but I'll make them good. So, you know, it started off obviously with child abuse. I lived with um, a single mother who also didn't love herself. You know, um, and still doesn't to this day. And I don't think she understood that. And she wasn't able to care for me and my brother the way, you know, most loving moms do. So she was an alcoholic. She was a drug addict. And all of that rage and everything just came at me. So by Mm. the time I was 12 years old, it had gotten to a point where I was staying with my aunt because my school would give me bus passes illegally to send me to my aunt's house because they didn't want me to go home. But uh, I was staying with my aunt and she and I came up with an agreement to spend two days a week with my mother because she didn't want to lose her welfare benefits. (laughs) My first visit, I missed the school bus on the second day. And it was because I had spent all night with my three-year-old brother Mm. and I didn't have an alarm clock to get on the bus. So that morning... My mother and my little brother's father, who was her boyfriend, had, you know, beat the living daylights out of me to the point where my aunt came and picked me up and she said, okay, Justin, I can only do this for so long, but you need to go to the police. Please, can we go to the police? And I said, okay, let's go. So we did. They took pictures and I was put into a foster home. 
So mm-hmm. amen to that. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, it had been several years, me trying to tell somebody and do something and nobody did anything. And I literally watched um, CPS uh drive away down the street and I'm like don't leave me here don't leave me here and then went to school the next day with bruises because they came right but you know I got out of that I got into a wonderful foster home my foster family was absolutely amazing I'm still in contact with them today my foster mom was pretty old so her daughter is the one who did most of the stuff with us and we called her aunt Janet she actually wanted to adopt me so we actually went through the process and my mother was a hard butt. (laughs) She did not want to do that. So it ended up coming down to, by the time I was 16, I emancipated myself. Okay. Uh, I graduated with, from high school with high honors though, uh, with the help of my foster family. And I actually had to move out onto my own. I ended up moving in with like a teacher for my end of my senior year uh, because of some complications and was still able to graduate with high honors, which was incredible. With that, I ended up going to college, very short stint. I was pregnant my senior year. So I was like, okay, I've got to kick this into gear. I really need to do something with my life now that I'm going to have a baby. And the father of that baby didn't want anything to do with him. So it was all up to me. In that time, I met my ex-husband, and he was, I don't know how to say this, he was very suave. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He knew all the right words. He knew everything to say. He was very manipulative, um, very narcissistic. And at 17 years old, I saw I was just 18, I didn't really understand that yet. You know, Mm -hmm. I had hadn't been out of an abuse situation for very long. I was in my foster home for three solid years, four school years. So I still was trying to learn out who I was then and got into this relationship. He had three other children, which made me swoon because I'm like, oh my God, kids. And, you know, I got a baby coming and he said, you know, he would take the baby as his and he did, but it ended up being a nightmare. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't the the fairy tale that I thought it was going to be. I was like, oh, this man, he's accepting this baby as his. This is incredible. Gave him his last name. But it just, it was a long 14 years that we had spent together. Um, wow. He was a major drug addict and he knew a lot of higher up people, like people from the cities. And he would threaten me with, those people from the city. So I, of course, was very scared to leave. You know, it wasn't ever about money because I was the only one that ever worked. Mm. So I knew I was capable of doing that. And sadly enough, or oddly enough, I guess, you know, even though he would say all these horrible things to me and just degrade me every single day, I still knew inside that that's not who I was, but I just still didn't know who I was. I knew my values and I knew what I wanted out of life. I knew how I wanted my children to grow up and that wasn't it. And when my daughter, my middle daughter, when she was 10, she said, uh, we were in, um, I think this was the third time we were in a shelter for women. 
And she said, mom, please don't go back. And she was daddy's little girl. Mm -hmm. She was named after his mother. And she just said, mom, we just can't go back. And we left again shortly after that. I found a, a time where he was in a stupor and there was no electricity. So it was kind of an easy way. I sent all the kids to a friend's house and I slowly packed up things when he was, you know, out of it for a week or so. And I would put stuff on the side of the house because he never went outside. And that one night I just I packed everything up into a, a stroller, a baby stroller. And he woke up real quick and I thought I was going to get busted and that that was going to be the end of it. But he just needed something. So I gave it to him. He fell back asleep. I locked the door behind me and I ran down to our emergency room in the hospital at the hospital. It was about six blocks away. And I called my aunt and I said, the same aunt that saved me from my mother, which was her sister. Mm-hmm. I said, can you please come and get me? I know it's three o'clock in the morning, but can you please come get me? I'm done. I'm never coming back. And I never did. Good. And that was in 2014. Uh, I ended up getting a divorce in 2015, which was wonderful. (laughs) I ended up reconnecting with an ex-boyfriend from when I was in the foster home. And we have been together since 2015 now and been married for three years going on four. We have a little boy together. He also had three kids. So we have a very big blended family. (laughs) And, you know, I can't say our life is perfect, but it's imperfectly perfect. And he literally is anything and everything that I was missing and things that I didn't know I needed. Mm. So it's incredible. And we have a a tremendously amazing love story as well. (laughs) Oh, that is so good to hear. So this is an incredibly powerful story. And I know this is one that may or may not resonate with every listener who's, you know, playing this episode right now, but it's going to impact some of them, right? Because it's going to hit really close to home for them. So I well, I do too. That's why, you know, when I knew the basics of your story, I was like, we got to we got to get you on to tell, to share this because there are going this is going to inspire somebody. This is going to help someone who's either currently going through it or just having gotten out of it themselves. So, what are some of the things that helped you cuz you already hinted at the fact that you already knew that what husband number 1 telling was telling you was wrong and wasn't right, but you didn't know what it was. So how did you get from, I don't know who I am to, I know who I am now. Like, what was that journey like for you? So it was actually incredible. You know, even though I was out of the abuse and everything, and I had all the support from my family, you know, a loving husband, my kids were, they're just, they're incredible kids. Like you wouldn't even know that they went through what they went through. Um, They're not average. They're not kids anymore. They're mostly adults. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But they're not average. They weren't the kids that yelled at at me. They didn't disrespect me ever. 
that they never got in trouble in school, except for my son. He smoked pot on school school grounds, so I turned him in. <laughs> well, I'm the you one know. that did that, though. Right. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, suffer the consequences of your own actions. That's right. So, you know, that was the worst thing in the world that he did. You know, whatever. That's what it is. Yeah. Loving kids. Great. But with all of that, I still knew something was missing. I still didn't have, I didn't have that self-love yet. I knew that I was different. I knew that I had all these capabilities, but I wasn't sure how to organize it, I guess. I needed something to put it in front of me and look at it in a different perspective. I didn't have the terminology I never thought of self-development as self-development. Uh, I thought of it as self-help back, you know, when we were young. That's kind of what they just yep. threw out there for everybody. So it made you feel like something was wrong with you. So right before COVID, um, I was doing paparazzi and mm-hmm. my upline was an amazing woman. And she just, uh, she just glue you know, all the time, everything about her just glue. And she did live video all the time. And I'm like, whoa, no, no, can't do that. Can't do, no, I ain't doing that. She did it every day. That's how she sold her jewelry. I said, look, not sure I can do that. So I found an ad and that ad was Kathy Callahan. And she has no idea how much she has done for me. <laughs> she really don't. Aww. <laughs> And I went in there to do virtual parties. I just wanted to figure out how to do virtual stuff. Mm-hmm. And my very first assignment in her challenge was to go live on my personal page and say what we were learning in the challenge. And I bawled like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> and people were like, we love your vulnerability. We love how honest you were, how open. And I was just like, really like and I didn't get sympathy and I was so grateful because that is why I never shared my story Mm. I never told people the background because I didn't want people to feel sorry for me that's not what being a survivor is about right it's not about people going oh I'm so sorry you went through this well thank you I appreciate that you know but that isn't what it's about and in that time with Kathy, uh, we had a life coach. Her name was Ms. Michelle Thompson, and she made us dig into some of our past. And I was like, oh, I don't really want to go through this again because the past hurts sometimes, you know. Yeah. But the same thing my husband told me, and he said this to me afterwards. He said, you know, I told you that. I said, I know you did, but you're my husband. Yes. <laughs> That's your job. <laughs> and I answered some of the questions you know, that she was asking. And sometimes it was really hard to do, but it made me find different areas of my life where I was like, oh my God, this was a turning point for me. Mm. Um, to to one point where I did an interview with Kathy, um, I had to shave my head last year, right before Christmas. And it was because I had bleached my hair before and then I permed it about two years later and didn't work out so well for my hair. Oh, no. <laughs> my daughter's in cosmetology, so she tried to come fix it. And she's like, Mom, I can't fix it. And I said, well, we're just going to have to shave it so it will grow back. 
And she kind of looked at me and she said, I don't know if I want to shave your head. And I said, why? And she goes, because I don't want to see it. I have a lot of scars on my head from mm-hmm. her father. And she knows that because she's seen a lot of it, sadly. And I said, well, that's okay, honey. You don't have to. I can do it. It's okay. And she goes, no, I can do this. I can be strong. And she did. And she mm-hmm. slowly buzzed my head. And when we were all done, she hugged me. And I said, why are you crying? And she goes, because I've never seen all the scars before. And it makes me sad. And I said, well, you know, it made me sad too, because I didn't want you to see them because I didn't want you to really live that. I said, but you know what? And I grabbed her by her face with my hands. And I said, but we're still here. Mm -hmm. We are here right now. And we are in a different life. And we have good things. And these scars are our past. And now we can move forward with them and we can help other people know that you can go from feeling like you are in the deepest rut to being able to get to the brightest light. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's so important to share that. And with all of that, Michelle Thompson told me, you should write a book. You should, you should tell your story. You should be a life coach. And when she said, be a life coach, boom, bells and whistles went off. I went to school for psychology to be a counselor. And I hadn't completed my my bachelor's because I couldn't afford it anymore. <laughs> so, right. you know, I was like, oh, wow, come to find out you don't need a school. You don't need to go to school for a life coach. Nope. So I was like, Wow. Why did I not know this? So $70,000 in debt for school that I didn't even need. <laughs> you know, I um, I was just grateful, though. I'm grateful because it's taught me so many different things. And people think self-worth and self-esteem is the same, but it's not even no. it's not even close to being the same. Oh, hell um, no. But, you know, it has been an incredible journey. And it's a lot of self-development, a lot of reading amazing authors that have went through all this muck that people don't realize they went through. We read uh, Rita Davenport, um, Judy Holler, Rachel Hollis, you know, uh, there, there are several other. We uh, Tony Robbins. I love Tony Robbins. <laughs> yes, of course, <laughs> of course. And and now some John Maxwell, which it's just incredible that the way these people, they're so real. They're not telling you that you're, there's something wrong with you. This is what it is. And this is what you need to fix it. They're giving you experience. They're giving you raw truths. They're, some of them speak, you know, very open and honest. And I love that. I actually, my 17-year-old daughter, um, when she was 16, she had a lot of bad things happen to her too. And I said, listen, I go, you need to read this book. And she goes, well, what's this book? And it was, oh, I think it was, get the, get the fuck out of your way or something. <laughs> it, it had the F word in it. And she's like, mom, you really want me to read that? I said, yeah, I really want you to read it. Was it the subtle art of not giving a fuck? It might have been something. Yes. I think By that Mark is Manson, one. an orange cover. <laughs> yes. 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 So, and she was like, well, mom. And I said, listen, this isn't any type of stuff that you think it is. Trust me, just 
take a couple, you know, just a couple pages and just read a couple pages and see, because it's not what you think it is. And, you know, she doesn't live at home now. So I don't, I don't know the the whole thing that if if she ever finished it or not, but I, I know she did read some of it. And it is these types of books that, you know, help us realize our potential that it's all right within you already because we don't believe that we have that when we're beaten to the ground you know whether it's metaphorically or actual you know we feel like we don't have that capability and even though i taught my girls you are beautiful you are capable of all of these things and lifted them up all the time i didn't do that for myself And I, until actually just a few minutes ago when I was like, oh my God, that's why they don't do it for themselves too. Or at least they weren't. It it wasn't about me teaching them and telling them these things. It was about what they were seeing. So I might've been able to show them or tell them all these wonderful things, but they weren't seeing me do the same thing. So they ended up doing what I did and they self-criticized. They, you know, didn't think they were beautiful. They, you know, have this different vision of themselves. And it took a while for me to get them into a different place. I'm like, guys, listen, I wish I would have had these tools when you were babies, because now I can do this with my five-year-old son. And it's incredible. Mm -hmm. I wish I could have done this with my older kids. Luckily, they're still pretty mobile, not mobile. Um, moldable. <laughs> yes. And they are learning that. And now they have children and they're teaching and showing their children, you know, don't let people walk all over you. You have to stand up for yourself and you can do it without being the biggest bee in the world, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not about, you know, setting boundaries. Don't always please everybody. I was the biggest people pleaser. And I still like to have, I like people to be happy. Mm-hmm. But I do realize now that it shouldn't be at the expense of my own happiness or my family's happiness. And I think that is a huge thing people can't do is set boundaries. Mm, so true. Oh, that is a really powerful realization to have. Like, I'm so glad that it happened like here in the show that you're like, <laughs> oh, no wonder they didn't get it because I wasn't doing it for me. Like they watched you do all the other. They watched you stand up for yourself. They watch you do all those things. And the one area where you're now working with them on and can continue to, because right. they will continue to watch mom, even from a distance. Absolutely. Is watch you do this for yourself now, moving forward. That is. And they do. So they powerful. actually, they tell me all the time, mom, you're so happy now. We're so grateful that you're doing what you're doing, you know, in your businesses, because I have other businesses and. Mm-hmm. It's it's not about the wealth that comes from them. It's about the feeling that I get inside. Success yeah. to me is an, a dollar sign. Success is how my customers or my clients are and how I feel. And that's where I think the biggest, I don't even know, I don't even have the words, the most happy feelings come from. That's it's pretty basic words, but I can't think of the words. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. And I I would agree with you. I mean, success really has to be something that we define for ourselves and don't and not allow others to define for us. Because one of the things that I used to work with my team on quite a bit 
when I was you know, running my team and now I do with my clients, my coaching clients as well, is going through and saying, okay, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? And almost always the first things that come out of their mouths are the things that everybody else that they think I wanted to hear as their leader, or they think that I want to want to hear as their coach. And I just keep asking and keep going because here's the thing. The first things that come out of their mouth are not usually what they really, really want. They're not. They're 100% not. And I think I discovered that a lot with, um, with my children's, my older children's father. Um, he actually passed away almost two years ago, I think now it was during pandemic. And so he had six kids and his oldest three are also, they're still my kids. Yeah. They have two moms. They say they have two moms. That's <laughs> um, awesome. And they're all adults. And when he passed, he passed somewhere far away. He, we didn't even know he was where he died and his family didn't really want to do anything. And there was no way I was going to have our kids be in charge of taking care of stuff with their father. So myself and their mother got together and got the paperwork from the funeral home and all that to get his remain, get him cremated, get death certificate and have his remains shipped here. And we did that. And then I asked all the kids, I said, so who wants, you know, some of the remains to put in anything or do you want something i'll buy it and i said but i'm gonna i want to tell you guys first don't feel obligated to do this mm -hmm. just because he's your father you're not obligated but also don't feel if someone else isn't going to do it that you don't have to do it because they didn't do it i want you to do what makes it right for you how you feel about it mm-hmm and about a year afterwards, so all of them got remains. About a year later, my middle daughter, the one that shaved my head, she said, Mom, I need to get rid of these. They're toxic. I can feel the evil coming off of them. Oh. I said, okay. I said, well, what do you want to do? And she said, I want to take them to where we lived, which is what I had done with the rest of the remains, besides putting some away for his mother, mm -hmm. to the place where we lived. And his oldest daughter had recommended me putting him in the basement because that's where he always said he was going to put me to die. Hmm. And I said, wow, well, that's incredible. You know, that's what I'm going to do. So I took the rest of his remains and I put him in the basement of the home that we lived in that he told me he was going to put me. Hmm. And that was my like saving grace, basically. It was my release. And then my youngest daughter she really wanted to hold on to those. And then she said one day, I'm not sure if I want to. And I said, listen, she always copied her sister. <laughs> right. Always. I said, I want you to do this if this is what you want to do. Do not do this because your sister did it. Mm -hmm. And she did end up making the decision to get rid of them. But I wanted to make it clear because she always copied her sister please don't do this because she did it. Mm. You have to do what's right for you, whether I like it or not. I didn't want his remains in my home because I agreed with my other daughter that evil just resonated. And it just, I felt it was, it brought bad luck. It was 
unbelievable. But I've always been that type of person to encourage them to do what's right for them and not worry about what's right for me or what's right for the next person, that they have to know what's right in their heart. And I think for a long time, they didn't know that either, which I understand now. Mm -hmm. But for all the listeners that are out there, that is so important to be true to is always be true to yourself, to your own feelings, because the only person's opinion of that that matters is your own. And I just think so many people need to hear that, that it doesn't matter what, you know, the neighbors have or do or think it's about how you feel about your decisions. I love that. I literally just wrote down. I was like, okay, the title of this episode is going to be you have to do what's right for you because (laughs) it's it's I think it's going to speak to a lot of people and they're going to go, "Ooh, what's this about? Because this is really what it comes down to. You have to do what's right for you. And sometimes doing what's right for you is what's going to lead you into that path of self-worth and having better self-esteem. And other times your self-esteem and your self-worth is going to help you figure out what's right for you. This is a, those two things are a two-way street. They help each other out. And I can say this from experience because I've come from that place. There's, I have a story in my past that is not as long as yours, but the short, the short version is I came from an emotionally abusive relationship at the end of my college years left that guy leaving knowing, and I say this with air quotes around knowing, okay, knowing that I was never going to be loved ever again, knowing I wasn't worthy of it, that I was hideous, and that no one was ever going to want to be with me. And that's an awful feeling. All of those things, like in my core, knew those things. And here I am 24 years later in a completely different spot going, everyone fucking loves me. This is great. I don't care. But (laughs) what is more important in all of that, I see my value. I see my worth. I love me. Right. And that has been a 24 year journey, which is why I was like, I got to know what your journey was like, because mine was this. And like, it's always interesting to know what pieces kind of overlap. And I think it's it's really important for people to see. And because you you already hinted at it. So let's let's do the quick and overview of self-worth versus self-esteem. What's the difference between the two? How do you define them for yourself so that you can keep those things in mind. So your self-worth is so much deeper than your self-esteem. Some people can have no self-worth, but have the biggest self-esteem. And for the easy way to describe that is a narcissist. Mm. They have super high self-esteem because they think they are everything that they're not, but on the inside, they're dying. They're sad they're broken, they're lost. So that is the best way I can describe the difference between self-esteem and self-worth. When you have self-worth, you're not lost anymore. You might still need different directions, but that's normal. You're going to come through that your whole life. You're going to see an obstacle and it's either going to go, is that going to stop you? Or are you going to find a way to get get that obstacle out of your way? 
Nice. You know, and that's really where it comes down to. So yeah, self-worth is just a, 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 I want to say severe, but that's not the word. A just complete deepening of what's inside of you to know that you are worthy of love, worthy of friendship, and that you're capable of doing more than what you would normally think you're capable of doing. You just have to find it. You have to allow yourself to believe that it's there. And if you constantly say, I can't, I can't, I won't, I won't, well, then you never will. Mm -hmm. But if you give yourself the option and go, hey, maybe this could actually be something and go for it. And when you do, you will be surprised on how you come out on the other side. Because, you know, that's what I did. I had a mother and a husband who degraded me from the beginning of life. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, and speaking of that, you also do not need anybody else to validate you. If you are true to you, you do not need anybody to back that up. Your truths do need do not need validation. Love that. Love that. And that whole bit there speaks to the power and why affirmations work because they, they speak to who you are. You're just not there yet. You just don't necessarily believe it yet. Correct. And, and a tip for affirmations, mm-hmm. and I learned this from Tony Robbins, um, one of his virtual events, and it really does make all the difference, is you don't just say your affirmations. You don't just say, I'm worthy, or I'm lovable, or I'm respectful. You need to feel it. You need to look yourself in the mirror. So that you're no, you're saying it to yourself. You're not just mm-hmm. saying out loud. You're saying it to you. You say, I am capable of love. And I am worthy of my own self-love and the love of others. And when you say it and you emphasize it and you feel it, you can just, you instantly can feel the difference in your body. Mm-hmm. It literally changes I have goosebumps, sorry, now. It just changes every molecular being when you have the faith and the the belief that it's going to work. But if you just say it to say it, no, don't bother. No, I saw a really interesting, it's so funny you bring this up. I saw the most interesting demonstration when I was at the contact mapping conference in October in Denver in October of 2022. It was their very first one. And they had Richard Bliss Brook there as one of the speakers. And he did this demonstration where he talked about the power of affirmations. And he was like, I just need you to understand that affirmations, the power behind them is infinite. But if you only only do them for like a week and then go, well, I don't feel any different. He's like, of course you didn't, because you've got 40, 45, 50 years of negative self-talk going on in your head. What, in a week's going to change that? Here, let me. And he did this demonstration that showed what it took to overcome 40, 50 years of negative self-talk. And Absolutely. it was like, oh, 
but it was an amazing demonstration. Um, I bet. And oh my gosh, I love it. So you have an amazing gift for the listener right now. So if they are someone who is going through this, who am I? Just like you were going through, you know, when, what, 10 years ago? Who am I? I I don't know who she is. I know she's not who that guy says she is, but I don't know who she is. So you want to help somebody discover who they are. And so you have a couple of different options. So what we're going to do is we're going to get them to your milkshake. So could you tell everybody what a milkshake is? And no, it's not something that you drink, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. It'd be pretty hard to drink it, that's for sure. Yeah. A milkshake is basically, it's called a mini website. So it's portable, basically. I won't know all digital stuff is portable, but it's for your mobile devices. Sure. Um, so when you do look at it at a computer, it looks like a phone. And oh, neat. it just has, you know, everything about whoever you, well, can put anything in it, basically. So depending awesome. on whose milkshake it is, what it will look like. Mine has my bio. It has pictures. It has links to my favorite books. It has links to my favorite network marketers and their places and things that they sell. You know, there's going to be people, my family will be in there. You know, um, I add mm. stuff to it all the time. So, it, but I know you have just a way two specific things in there for people, for podcast listeners right now. If you are sitting here going, I want, well, I want to know who I am. I want to know how to get there. You have two options in Jacinda's milkshake that we're going to send to you. So you get two flavors to pick from, guys. (laughs) (laughs) And one of them is a 15 to 30 minute session where she's going to walk you through the self-discovery, a shortened self-discovery process. Or if you that's a little overwhelming for you, if the in-person or like Zoom version of that is a little overwhelming for you. She's also got a self-discovery guide available. So if you're like, "Eh, let me start with the guide and then I'll go do the in-person. Both of those are on her milkshake link right now. And of course, because you're a part of the Badass Crew listener, you know that you can grab that link from the show notes. So you know where to do that. But if this is your first time ever listening to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast and you're like, show notes, what are show notes? All you have to do is grab your phone as long as you're not driving. Grab your phone, click on today's episode that you're listening right now. It'll have just in this beautiful picture on it. Click on that episode and just scroll up a little bit and you'll see there's there's a bunch of text underneath the play button. That text is the show notes. And in that text, we we will have a big, bold link that says Jacinda's Milkshake. And that's how you can get to Jacinda's Milkshake to get either your complimentary 15 to 30 minute session with Jacinda, or you can download the guide or heck, guys, they're both free doing both. Why not? <laughs> Why not? (laughs) Two free milkshakes. Do it. Hurry up. Grab them now. (laughs) (laughs) Jacinda, that is incredibly so kind of you and generous of you to do. So thank you for doing that for my audience. I so appreciate you. Absolutely. I think everybody deserves a chance to see what they might not even realize is missing, missing in their lives. Oh, I love this. Oh, my gosh. I absolutely adore you. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I am sure this is one that has been incredibly 
inspiring and motivating. I know for me, hearing more of the details has been powerful for me, you know, connected in ways that shit I forgot existed. (laughs) Just because it's inspiring and kind of sad at the same time to know that there are other people who've dealt with what you've dealt with. It sucks, but at the same time, it's like, oh, thank God I'm not alone. (laughs) You know? Absolutely. So, Jacinda, I so appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day as a mom, as a business owner, as a network marketer to come share your story here. I Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you, listeners. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. And Badass Crew, you know how this goes. Stay tuned because there's another Badass episode on its way. Thanks for listening to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Why are you waiting to go to BadassDirectSalesMastery.com? Don't make the dom get her whip. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with another rock star that you know in direct sales after you subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. You can also check out the show notes for links and any contact information mentioned in today's episode. We'll see you next time.